Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy. Pizza, pizza, pizza today. I'm gonna get some pizza with my pay. <laughs> it's gonna be boss with lots of sauce, or I can make my own with some cold cuts. This song would be better if I could think of a food that rhymes with cuts. Chad, the show's going. Nuts! Hello! Thanks for joining us here at Million Bazillion, where we help dollars make more sense. I'm Jed, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Bridget. This is going to be a great day because today's pizza day, and we're getting pizza for lunch. Hey, Bridget, what's your favorite pizza? Mine is pineapple, pine nuts, porcupine, and little bits of pine needles. It's lumberjack pizza, timber! Okay, interesting choice, Jed. Uh, My favorite is just pepperoni with green peppers and mushrooms, so to each his own. Okay, next up in pizza day, as always, digging through the couch cushions for enough change so we can order the pizza. In the meantime, let's get to today's listener question. And remember, if there's something you'd like us to answer, you can send it to us at marketplace.org slash million. Today's question comes to us from a listener in the Midwest. Hi, I'm Micah from Evanston, Illinois. My question is, who decides what things are worth? That's a great question. Like, yeah, why do things cost what they do? And Jed, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yeah, if you rearrange the letters in Evanston, Illinois, you get I sell innovations? Hmm, interesting, but no. I was, in fact, thinking that since it's Pizza Day anyway, why don't we just use pizza to answer the question? Yes! The price of pizza! And now, it's time for Asking Random Kids Not-So-Random Questions. If you had to make the most expensive pizza in the world, what would it have on it? If I made the most expensive pizza in the world, I would have a gold crust, extra cheese, garlic, vegetarian pepperoni, and edible glitter. It would be all gold, and you could still eat it, and you could, like, sell the pizza for, like, because it's gold. The most expensive pizza ever invented would be topped with a velvety sauce of blended stars, succulent chunks of buttery sky, and seasoned with shredded moon, a syrupy sunbeam drizzle, and roasted artichokes. My pizza would be 100 feet circumference with pineapple and sausage, and then lots of cheese on top. The toppings I would put on it would be milk chocolate sauce, white chocolate cheese, and fruit leather pepperoni. It would have caviar, truffles, and lobster. The only problem is I wouldn't want to eat it. That was Mirabelle, John in Nova Scotia, Abby in D.C., Quint and Soren in Edina, Minnesota, and Ariel in Fairfax, Virginia. This has been Asking Random Kids Not-So-Random Questions. Okay, you know who really knows pizza? Ann Kim. She has three pizza restaurants in and around Minneapolis. She seemed like she'd really know the answer to why pizza costs what it does. Here's a fun fact about Ann. I get to eat pizza every day, which is also my all-time favorite food. 
Ann's pizzas range from $10 to about $23. And she told us that a big part of how she figures out her prices is how much it costs her to make the pizza. So what goes into a pizza? For me, it always starts with really great dough, which turns into a really great pizza crust. On top of that, you've got your sauce. Don't forget cheese. In just a month, she uses the same weight in cheese as like four cows. Thousands and thousands of pounds. Whoa. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. We make a lot of pizza. We're very popular. (laughs) And then, of course, the toppings. All those ingredients cost Anne money. But she also has a lot of other costs. Other things might be things like rent because we, our restaurants are in a building and we have to pay the rent to be um, having our business there. There's the electricity bill. There's equipment like ovens. There's the other stuff that you need to run a restaurant. We have furniture that's comfortable and pretty and sometimes things like plants and flowers or candles and little details are really important to me, but they all have a cost. Those other kinds of costs, the ones that don't really have anything to do with the making of the pizza, those are called overhead. No one really knows why it's called that. But if Anne wants to stay open, she has to charge at least enough for her pizza to cover these costs. And any extra money that's left over is called her profit, which she can spend back on the business or she can save it for another day. Okay, now we know what goes into a pizza and how that affects the price. If you're like me, though, it helps to have a way to picture things. So let's think of the price of pizza as, well, a pizza. Okay, imagine an entire pizza, that delicious circle of sustenance and delight. Say it's got eight slices. Anne says about 25% of the cost comes from flour, cheese, tomatoes, the ingredients. If there was eight slices, then I would say two slices would come from the raw ingredients. Okay, so there are six slices left. Don't forget the overhead costs, like rent. That pizza's going fast. Oh yeah, and there's another major cost. I would say our biggest cost at all the restaurants is labor. Um, Paying for the people that are actually a part of making and serving the pizzas. Labor costs three slices. And says if she set the price right, she'll have a little over one and a half slices left as profit. So for every dollar you spend on pizza, Anne gets 20 cents at the end of the day. But that seems to be pretty typical for most pizza places. But it's not just Anne deciding the price of that pizza. She sets the price in part based on what ingredients cost, like cheese. But how does the price of cheese get set? I called up Tiffany Morse, who works at Rumiano Cheese in Crescent City, California. They make a lot of cheese, including the stuff that goes on pizza. On a day that we're making mozzarella, we make 40,000 pounds. That's just in one day. Their factory floor has all sorts of machines. Ones that make the cheese, ones that move it. Big conveyor belts that bring the cheese all the way into the packaging room. That's a forklift taking the cheese over into the cold room. I already said they make a lot of cheese, right? How much does that pallet weigh, John? 2,400 Over 2,000 pounds of cheese. It's a big operation with lots of costs that they consider when they set the price of cheese. We have to try to make that profit margin enough to be able to keep all of those different parts of the equation kind of working like the well-working machines that we use to make the cheese itself. 
Same thing happens at the dairies where they buy their milk from. And then before that, there are the ranches where dairies buy their cows. It's a supply chain, and every link in it sets its price based on its costs. And that means if something happens so that ranches have to raise their prices, then dairies have to raise their prices, and then cheese factories have to do it, and finally, so do pizza places. The price of pizza is pretty complicated. Good thing it's so delicious, I'll keep buying it. Coming up, why you might decide to spend more dough for some pizza than for others. But first, we have a question for you. Here's something I've been pondering. Would you rather eat okay pizza anytime you wanted? It's good, but not great. Or only eat pizza once a year, but it's always the most amazing pizza you've ever had. So which would you rather... Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. And now, a million bazillion pizza facts. First up, did you know that the price of pizza changes depending on where you live? A couple years ago, the city with the most expensive pizza prices was Buffalo, New York, with a large pizza coming in at $14.79. The cheapest pizza city was Lexington, Kentucky at $5.99. There was no information on which one tasted better. Fact two, the largest pizza ever, according to the Guinness World Records, was so big, if you laid it over a baseball diamond, it would completely cover all of the bases. The most expensive pizza you can buy, according to Guinness World Records, has dough made with black squid ink, foie gras, which is goose liver, two kinds of caviar, and flakes of 24 karat gold. It costs $2,700. And finally, can you guess the most popular pizza toppings that people order? According to Domino's, it goes pepperoni, then sausage, then bacon, then mushrooms, and finally, at number five, pineapple. This has been a million bazillion pizza facts. Or I guess it was only four facts. But you you know what I mean. Okay, so earlier we answered part of Micah's question about who decides what things are worth. But Jed, what about the rest of it? What do you mean? We're not done? I was already picking out music for my final thoughts. Well, yeah, I mean, Ann Kim and Tiffany Morris told us about all the things that business owners think about when they set their prices for, say, a pizza or pizza cheese. But, like, what about you when you buy a pizza? Because even in the same town, the price of a pizza is different depending on where you go. There's, like, the fancy pizza place, and then there's the place that's just a pickup window. So, like, which one do you choose? Huh. Okay. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Actually, I know exactly who I want to talk to about this. Marielle Segarra. She's the consumer psychology and pizza reporter at Marketplace. You know. This is Marketplace. They have a consumer psychology and pizza reporter? She's in my speed dial. Hello? Hey, Marielle. Is this a good time? Uh, yeah. I'm just making a pizza. Perfect. I mean, 
We're talking about pizza and trying to figure out, like, oh. why pizza costs what it costs. Can you answer some questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Mariel. So I want to get some mm-hmm. pizza, and I got to decide how much I'm going to spend on it. Like, what do I need to think about? Well, I think it's about how much pizza you need, how hungry you are, right. how much money you have, and, you know, what you're willing to pay. And also which pizza place is the easiest and the fastest to get to. You know, sometimes if I'm really hungry, I'm not willing to go super far. So I'll just end up getting a slice on the corner, you know, because I run out of time. All right. So then pizzas cost different prices. And if one costs more than the other, does that mean that it's better than the other? It depends on what you mean by better. You know, sometimes it's really popular. People are mm-hmm. lining up around the block for it, maybe. Oh, yeah. And so that pizza place knows that it can charge more. A lot of that comes down to its brand. You know, if you're like the hot new pizza place in town, you have a really, a really well-known brand, mm-hmm. then you can charge more. But that can kind of, <laughs> that can get out of control, too. Like, sometimes what you end up paying for is the brand, and hmm. it's not the quality of the pizza itself. And there might be a pizza place on your corner that nobody knows about, and its pizza is just as good or better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but nobody's buying it because they don't know about it. Right, exactly. This is probably true for more than just pizzas, right? Well, yeah. I mean, maybe you really love sneakers, and you know that you love to buy some really popular shoe that everyone's wearing at your school. You might be buying that because you think that it's going to last you a long time, or you think it's going to look really good on you, or you might just be buying it because that's what everyone else has. Um, And meanwhile, you could get another shoe that's not a brand name that might last you just as long or look just as cool. Hmm. I make my own shoes out of pizza boxes. <laughs> I love that. Will you make me some? <laughs> I'll mail them to you right now. They won't survive the trip. <laughs> okay, so we talked about people deciding what they want in their pizza right away and also the effective brand name on the price of a pizza. Is there anything else? Yeah, I feel like... It's also a matter of values, your values. So sometimes you might decide that you're willing to pay more for your pizza if you support the pizza place that's making it. Maybe you're really into the environment and sustainability, and there's Mm -hmm. a pizza place in your neighborhood that grows fresh basil on its roof and buys its cheese from a local dairy farmer that's eco-friendly. And Hmm. so you're willing to pay more for that pizza because its mission is something that you believe in. Or, you know, maybe you want to support local businesses, so you'll buy from the mom-and-pop pizza place on your street, even though it costs more than the national chain that delivers to your house. Hmm. Or, you know, sometimes there might be a pizza place that says we're going to pay our employees more and give them more vacation time, and that's important to you. One thing I've realized is that when things are really cheap, there's often a reason. It's because that place is cutting corners in some way, and it's worth figuring out why what you're buying costs what it does and what some of those corners might be. Well, that's a lot to think about. A lot to chew on. (laughs) All right, before you go, pizza lightning round. Yes, hit me. All right, favorite pizza? Uh, Sausage with ricotta and arugula. 
Wow, that sounds confusing. Okay, knife and fork or fold it in half? Ah, uh, fold it in half. I'm a New Yorker. Okay, pineapple always or pineapple never? Pineapple never. Pineapple never? Pineapple's so yeah. good! Uh, on pizza? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Thanks, Jed. We're going to keep answering the questions you send into our website, marketplace.org slash million. We've also been asking some grown-ups to answer some questions for us. I'm Duff Goldman, host of the Kids Baking Championship and author of Super Good Baking for Kids. If I had to invent the most expensive pizza ever, it would be a giant five-foot pizza. And it would have a ton of sauce and a lot of cheese, and then would have like all these piles of different ingredients. You'd have like all the pepperoni in one spot and like all the sausage in another spot and then like all the extra cheese in another spot and then all the bacon in another spot. And then it would have almost like a little Mars rover on it and there would be like a central like harvesting center in the middle of the pizza and then you would tell the pizza what kind of bite of pizza that you wanted and then it would send the rover to all the different piles and it would collect all the stuff so if i was like i wanted extra cheese pepperoni ground beef bite it would go and get the extra cheese and the ground beef and the pepperoni and then would harvest up some sauce and then it would harvest some of the crust and then it would put it all together in a bite and then it would go into the processing center where it would like heat it up so it would be like nice and hot and fresh and like the cheese would get a little crispy. And then it comes out of the top and then you like pull off your tiny little mini pizza and you eat that and then you're like, mm, that was a really good bite. Now I want, you know, this other piece, you know, I want just cheese. And that would be insanely expensive because that kind of pizza making equipment, but that small would be insanely expensive. So that would be the most expensive pizza ever. That guy really knows his pizza. Ah, yes. When you hear that music, you know it's time for the Dollar Scholar of the Week. That's when we talk to a kid who's made big strides in their own understanding and use of money. This time, we're doing something a little different. Instead of one Dollar Scholar, we've got two. Asher is 10 and Evie is 8. They are brother and sister. They have very different styles when it comes to how they think about money. And today, they're going to give some advice to each other. All right, guys, which one of you is the money spender? Me, Evie. (laughs) All right, and that means, Asher, you're the saver? Yes. Well, Asher, I got to ask you, how do you think about saving? I just don't want to spend all my money in one place. I save things up. All right. So if if you were to get like $10 for like a birthday present, what would you do with that $10? Save it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, Evie, I want to ask you the same question. Like, how do you feel about saving money? Well, sometimes I save money, but usually I don't because I spend money on candy. What does it feel like when you get money? What do you think? I'm like, yay, now I can spend it on money. I mean, candy. (laughs) (laughs) Asher, what advice would you give Evie 
to get her to be more responsible with her money? If you save up, you could get something bigger or you could get more things with the money that you are spending just now, right at this moment. Well, let me ask you, Evie, what advice would you have for Asher to maybe be more, have more fun with his money? I think it's fine if he, if he saves up, but he likes playing with, like, Legos and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, Asher, why don't you buy this? And he's like, no, I'm going to save up. Do you ever feel like he's missing out on fun yeah. because of his saving? Mm-hmm. This was super fun. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye. That was Asher and Evie, siblings, having a calm conversation about money, even though that can be kind of hard. If you want to nominate yourself for someone you know as a dollar scholar, write to us at our website, marketplace.org million. Okay, now's the time each episode where I share a big thought for the day. And we really need some Italian music since it's pizza day. But I'm hungry, and the pizza's finally here, so I'm just going to grab a slice. Jed, don't talk with your mouth full. No one can understand you. Stop eating all the pizza we're supposed to share. Hold on. Okay. Basically, there's a reason behind every price you pay for pretty much anything. Businesses thought a lot about what that price should be, but you, you get the final word on whether that price is right, because you choose whether or not you'll pay it. Now I'm going to see if I can fit two pieces in my mouth. This has been Million Bazillion, where we help dollars make more sense. Our next episode is going to be all about how to take your brain back from advertisers. You are not going to want to miss it. And if there's something you really want to know about money, send us your questions at marketplace.org slash million. While you're there, you can click on the page for this episode, and we've got some cool tip sheets there, with like more of what we talked about in this episode, plus a really cool comic strip. Special thanks to Ann Kim, pizza chef and owner of Pizzeria Lola, Hello Pizza, and Young Joni in the Minneapolis area. To Tiffany Morse of Rumiano Cheese, and let's not forget Mariel Seguera, marketplace reporter who really does love pizza. We also had help from Jeff Peters, Jack Stewart, and Charlton Thorpe. Million Bazillion is brought to you by Marketplace in collaboration with Brains On and American Public Media. Ben Tolliday is our sound designer, and he composed some additional music for this episode. A special thank you to Savannah Jo Lack for lending us her musical talents. Million Bazillion's theme music was composed by Wonderly. Bridget Bodner is our co-host and senior producer. Sandin Totten is our editor. Tony Wagner is our digital producer. Erica Phillips writes our tip sheets. Sitara Nieves is the executive director of On Demand. And I'm your host, Jed Kim. And special thanks to the people who provided this startup funding to make the show possible in the first place. The Ranzetta Family Charitable Fund and NextGen Personal Finance supporting Marketplace's work to make younger audiences smarter about the economy. To all the grown-ups listening right now, we hope that you and the kids in your life are having some good conversations about money thanks to Million Bazillion. We created this podcast to help kids get an early start on learning about the economy, but we can't continue without your support. Donate today at marketplace.org slash give million, and thanks for chipping in to make our work possible. 
See you next time.